Hello and welcome to the FPL Lounge podcast. We are back to review game week nine, a fairly quiet game week, all be told. My name is Chris Hopkins and I am joined by the fans returning to stadium to my national lockdown. It's Andy Case. Andy, how are you doing this lovely Monday evening? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. Buoyed by the uh, the prospect of being able to... Um come out of lockdown next week well at least at least partially potentially so that that'll be nice I, di- I didn't have any trust gotta be honest i did not think we would be coming out even into tears on the uh, on the 2nd of december when they first announced it so yeah it's all gonna end in tears isn't it andy all gonna end in tears <sighs> it's a good job this isn't a comedy podcast isn't it i don't think we'd be winning any awards no, I don't think we would. I mean, I guess uh, just just on the lockdown, without giving your your full address away. Although, you know, by all means, um, you do you were in a in a tier one area last time, so um, and it sounds like potentially fans might be allowed back into stadiums. I know you've got a few local teams near you. Do you reckon it's something that that you'll be looking to looking looking to explore before before Christmas? Well, I hadn't really thought about that actually, but yeah, maybe that might be that might be quite a nice idea, something to do. Yeah. Yeah, nice little, nice little Saturday afternoon evening, or Saturday afternoon uh, trip out. Yeah, it could, it could be very nice. I think it'll be it'll be interesting just from a purely kind of like um, broadcast point of view, whether you know, if, if fans are allowed back into Premier League stadiums, whether they'll do away with crowd noise. Because I'm very much on the pro crowd noise or pumping it in on the broadcast. You know, I, I, I like that. I don't. I don't like the the eeriness of of not having it. I wonder if with the, you know, in the stadiums where there are four thousand or just even two thousand fans, whether they'll they'll keep that or or or, or do away with it because there are some fans in there. Be interesting to to find out what what well, they end up doing. I think it's going to depend, isn't it? I mean, if it's capped at whatever they're saying four thousand, then obviously like Old Trafford, it's going to be still pretty echoey and like that horrible sports hall sound that it sounds like when you haven't got the pumped in noise. If you're talking about um, your beloved team, Colchester United, they'd be lucky to even get four thousand even in a normal week, wouldn't they? Pre-COVID, so um, I guess maybe they'd just keep it as keep it as normal if it was them. Yeah, I guess you know, obviously we're not we're not on telly often, um, and we're not getting crowd noise pumped in anyway. Even when we were in the playoffs, we didn't have anything anything like that. So, so yeah, and 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 yeah, I mean, if 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 for any, um, you know, if 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 SX ends up in 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 tier one, and it's allowed four thousand fans in, that's basically us at full, us at full capacity. Besides, uh, you know, just everyone's going to be socially distanced all around the ground, which will be, um, you know, interesting and and and, and odd. But but yeah, it would be good to get get some fans back in the stadiums. But obviously, Premier League fans and what we talk about on this podcast, uh, you know, they uh, all fans should be still able to watch those games because they are still going to be televised. So so yeah, uh, for all the Premier League fans around the globe and all of our listeners across the globe, um, nothing really is going to change too much for you. But it is good it is good to get get fans back into stadiums in general um as ever we've talked way too long already on this pod and we're, we're, we're going to try and keep the keep some of these to time in future uh, so as ever on our review shows we will review our players on the radar that we featured in our preview show we'll have a look at a top differential and the high-end player that blanked in blankety blank we'll have a review of our swimming against the tide pick uh, as well as some of our previous swimming against the tide picks that, that are starting to starting to sort of come to fruition um, and we'll have a have a look at, at how some of our captaincy um selections did and then we'll have a look ahead to game week 10 so without further ado, 
Andy. Let's start then with Everton and Dominic Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison. Those were two players that we featured on the radar. We did kind of caveat that by saying that DCL should be, you know, very much in, in people's thoughts, but had a few quiet weeks. Um, but with Richarlison back and against Fulham, hashtag always target Fulham, it was uh, back to normal for them. Well, yeah, uh, quite. We, we, we've we mentioned about uh, Everton's kind of balance. It's come up in a few different segments uh, over the over the course of the last few game weeks. And yeah, uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin back in the goals, two of them, in fact. So um, that that was great. I, I could I can understand an argument of some people saying maybe he shouldn't have even been on the radar. Dominic Calvert-Lewin, which is which is possibly fair enough. He he's he's in most people's teams now. Um, so yeah, perhaps that was gone. But I think we were just pointing towards him there because you know for a few weeks we've been saying and in particularly in one of our swimming against the tide segments saying maybe just sort of hold off and we'd, we'd, we'd highlighted that this was the game when the fixtures turn back again and Richarlison returns so yeah that was kind of just that nod and then um yeah on Richarlison himself we kind of he's a, maybe a little bit more on the radar because he's we certainly you know not going to be in our, any many people's teams yet I wouldn't have thought and yeah there's there's only more more question marks there really but i think this is something we can get into on the on the preview show next time perhaps but i think for most people it goes without saying dominic calvert lewin is, is a very good fantasy option where you go with everton beyond that there's some question marks obviously richarlison james rodriguez luca dean are the other are the main ones would be next up on on people's radars and I, there's kind of pros and cons um but we'll we'll get into that in more depth next time perhaps it's good that you're already planning our, our, our Game Week 10 preview show. I know that that, that can take a, a little while to come together sometimes. Um, let's move on to another another guy that you've that, that definitely you know you've been um, waving waving the flag for, hammering the flag into the ground for for a few weeks now. Uh, Diego Jota come good again at the weekend. I guess you know with Mo Salah out, possibly that's another reason why he ended up in the team. But um, he does seem to be still. You know, Liverpool's um, almost most reliable attacking option, and for his price, he's starting to get a bit of a must-have. Yeah, I think I think we again we're, we've highlighted a couple of players at the start of this who we um, almost were on the fringes of our radar in a good way because they're closer to our team than than being off the radar. But yeah, I think we, we we sort of said, didn't we, that we were just highlighting Jota really mainly because of the fact that there was you know he still wasn't massively highly owned, and uh, although there were had been question marks over whether he'd start, you know he obviously did start against City in the last game week, and then now was very, very likely to start what with Salah, Salah being out. So, and that, that's what happened and he returned. And so you can't expect this run of, of, you know, returning in every game to, to continue. That's four home games in a row now. I think he's scored in, in all competitions, but um, for a 6.5 million pound player, who's, who, uh, who's going to get the chances again? Well, I mean, I've said all this before, but who's going to get the chances he's potentially going to get if he's in, if he's starting, you know, a fair few games and if not coming off the bench for a team like Liverpool, it's just, it almost is must own that, that there's no other word for it. I think he just has to be in your team if you can afford it. Yeah. He's, he, he's a guy that I think I'm petrified of, of making the leap for. He, obviously he's been on our radar a while and I've, I've kind of shied away from putting him in, in my team just for that reason. I just have, you know, it is just purely superstition, but I just have this, this feeling that as soon as I put him in my team, 
the goals will dry up or, or he'll stop playing and 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 you know, that is irrational and ridiculous but at the same time it's definitely the fear that I've got and I mean it's it's you know I'm going to try and justify it slightly by saying that he was always streaky at Wolves like he when he scored he scored a lot in the short space of time and then he would go quite long periods without really a goal and he'd be frustrating in front of goal he would miss miss some sitters and some fairly easy chances but at the same time you know, you can't deny his value at the moment, and uh, and yeah, it's 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 whether I can squeeze him into my team without addressing, um, you know, some of the other gaping holes that that, that are in there. Well, look, um, I mean, based on that, I plead with you to not put him in your team then, because I want him to keep scoring points for me, please. Uh, yeah, okay. I mean, fair enough. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, I'll do it. I'll do it for you. Um, talking of, of players in your team, you did reveal to me on our pre-pod meeting that you were looking to get Jamie Vardy into your team this week, despite the fact he didn't return this week, uh, in, 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 in game week nine, and he was on our radar. So, I mean, I'm not asking you to necessarily justify that, but 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 you know, what are you seeing from him? You know, is it about his fixtures that are, that's coming up? Obviously, he had a pretty difficult one this time out. Well, yeah, in, in, a, in a weekend where we've seen another bout of arguably ridiculous penalty decisions. Uh, Jamie Vardy's obviously scored plenty of goals, including penalties. This season, he's on penalties for Leicester. Um, You know, there was question marks over Liverpool's defence, which didn't actually necessarily really materialise as much as people thought, which was why Vardy was kind of on the radar this week as opposed to going forward. But look, part of the reason he was on the radar, what, as we've said many a times in this segment, it's not necessarily a he needs to be in your team right now, um, unless it's one of those that we, we highlight, perhaps like a DCL that's an exception there. It's uh, over the next few weeks is someone we're going to be keeping an eye on. And yeah, uh, as, as I think you mentioned, it, uh, Project Target Fulham is in is in back in full flow again. And Vardy has got Fulham next week uh, as the first in a in a good upcoming coming run of fixtures. And he's um, just because he didn't score this week. He's, he's obviously scored plenty this season and he's a fairly consistent goal scorer over a long period of time. Uh, now, so you'd be you'd be fairly uh, expectant of of some returns over these next few weeks. Yeah, I mean, just just on on Fulham quickly, um, because they they did seem to improve a little bit defensively over for a few weeks, and I have to say, watching them against Everton at the weekend, I thought they were back to their back to their terrible worst. I think if if that makes sense, um, absolutely all over the show, and you know, they've got. Five, uh, you know, their back five, their keeper, and 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 the four defenders are all new summer signings. Doesn't necessarily, you know, I, I don't always put much stock into this notion of players having to gel, but I think it is important defensively, especially for your two centre halves. They've got a number of defenders on in their squad, and Scott Parker just can't seem to decide which one he's going to go with, and that can't be helpful either. Um, so, so yeah, they 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 did look pretty calamitous, but not, I don't think all is lost for them going forwards and, and perhaps it was partly just down to Everton letting them come on to them but, but but they weren't the worst side going forward I have to say but but yeah defensively um, pretty calamitous um, let's finish then by having a quick chat about Jack Grealish at Villa he didn't uh, didn't return this game week but I think you said Andy he had a, a pretty good expected assists uh, number from this game yeah, I can't remember what it was off my head. It wasn't massively high, 0.3 or something, but essentially it was the largest of anyone in that game anyway. So um, he created as many big chances as anyone else in the game. He, 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 um, yeah, his ex, like I say, his XA in the game was um, uh, 0.3. Um, 
0.3-ish. So, yeah, not, not, not necessarily massively outstanding, but... He was um he was still sort of well involved, although by by your eye, obviously you were the one of the two of us kind of keeping a closer eye on this one, Chris. Not necessarily the uh, the Villa player who, with the most involvement. No, he wasn't. I mean, Trezeguet was was the guy that looked most dangerous. Um, and I think you know, I, I think he he might be slightly under the radar potentially um as an attacking threat this year i think he's got some some decent numbers um in the underlying data behind him um but yeah he did miss two fairly glaring opportunities but but also just on the ball just looked pretty good and pretty pretty dangerous um i think as we've highlighted uh, before um you know villa did dominate the, the or they won the xg battle in a game that they've lost um i guess I'm just, I just don't know what to make of them at, at the moment. You know, they've lost to Leeds, Southampton, and Brighton recently, but yet yeah, beat Liverpool, Arsenal, and Leicester. And I just, I don't know what to make of them. You know, we have highlighted Villa players on the radar quite a lot this season, particularly with this so-called easy run. And although they're winning the XG battle, and you would think that, you know, the data doesn't lie and 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 everything should regress to the mean, they're kind of not performing all as well in some of those games and, and and when they're not you know soaking up pressure and then hitting teams on the counter um they they they, they do struggle to break them down sometimes and, and and you know maybe that will get better um but yeah maybe maybe it's maybe we shouldn't get all that excited about them just when they've got easy fixtures because easy fixtures don't necessarily mean um that the villa are going to shine with one more quick thing on them as well ross barkley was injured went off injured in the fourth minute i'll be interested to see how that changed things they brought on um Traore, who who looked okay but hasn't had a, played a lot of football this year um and you know I, I, he wouldn't be a guy that i'd be looking to get in my fantasy team at all but it does feel like that's quite a um quite a drop off from from Barkley so and you know one of the reasons we got excited about Villa was was their signing of Barkley and how we thought that might affect Grealish and Watkins um going forward so yeah interesting interesting one not really sure what to make of them um let's move on and have a quick what should we do first this week Andy blankety blank or top differential I'll leave this one up to you Okay, let's talk. Let's talk about top differential first for a change because there's a, there's a few interesting options here. I think, isn't there? Why not? Let's let's mix it up. So we are going to go with Tammy Abraham this week. He got nine points, which isn't as high as some of our some of our top differentials ordinarily, but he's owned by only two point four percent of FPL managers. Um, you know, we've spoken endlessly about Chelsea players, um, but Tammy is one that you have mentioned, Andy, probably more than I have. Um, you know he's got returns most of the games when he started this year, so should he be you know, on the radar rather than just be, being lumped with Chelsea assets? Should he be an individual that's that's kind of on, on people's radars? Yeah, I think I think I think quite possibly. I mean, obviously our usual caveat here that we kind of doing this before um, two, well, in between the two games on Monday evening and the first one, the bonus points haven't been added yet. So we, we you know, there could well be other players um, from those teams that that would make their way up um, into the kind of at least the honourable mentions here. But but as it stands at the moment, we're kind of we're highlighting here, yeah, Tammy Abraham because of the fact that he is playing, he's in good form and he's playing up front for a team like Chelsea who are creating a lot of chances. Um, and he he's returned in. Uh, I think you told me earlier, Chris, and maybe you can look at this and give us the exact number. But in basically, he's returned in almost every game he's played this season so far in 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 all competitions um, because. 
uh, we know from the fantasy Premier League stats, obviously he's been doing it in the Premier League, but also he's been scoring in the Champions League and League Cup games when he's been playing as well. So it's um he's he, he, undeniably he um he is in form when it and uh, when it comes to sort of goals and assists. He's not owned by very many players. Uh, fantasy managers 2.4 percent very low ownership um and some of those are are, are the reason he's really not in our team because like you said i've been mentioning him to you a little bit but it's kind of question marks over his starts really obviously we pulisic looked like he was coming back then he was injured again then he was um there was rumors he might come back again now after the international break but he still didn't play on saturday and and the thinking amongst most i think is that if pulisic does come back Werner will play through the middle and it'll be Tammy that loses his place in the team. So that would be still what's holding me back a little bit. But if we if we had a little bit more certainty, I mean, almost on his form, it'd be very, very harsh to be dropping him right now because he always seems to be involved in some way. So um, I, I, I'm i reluctant to single him out on the radar just because of that question mark over starts and things. But, you know, he, he has been starting very consistently over the last few weeks now. So maybe maybe he should be. Let me just play devil's advocate with you then very quickly. We've highlighted Diego Jota several weeks saying that even if he's on the bench, he's worth having. Why not Tammy? Is it just, is it down to the difference in price? Is it because strikers are a little bit more, um, you know, you've only got three striker slots, so you, you don't really want a passenger quite in the same way. Is it down to the fact that he simply doesn't look as threatening off the bench? What, what What's your, your reasoning? for that or or is it just a a feeling perhaps well it's it's a mixture of those things i think really yeah like um i don't think there's a huge difference in price i can't remember off the top of my head what tammy is he's about 7.2 something like that is it you're bang on there and and jota's now like 6.5 6.6 um so uh, yeah currently i guess not not a massive difference there but yeah they are different classified differently you're right there are only three sort of forward positions so you know there's at when you're talking about like an Ollie Watkins or at the moment with Ings injured, you've got like a Che Adams or, I mean, even Calvert-Lewin isn't much more than Tammy, right? And so, you know, you might not, it might not be your choice between Calvert-Lewin and Tammy. You might already have Calvert-Lewin in your team and you're looking for like another striker. But I just think around the, uh, the difference for Jota is around his price point, he's just an absolute standout option in midfield and particularly obviously gets that extra point for, for a goal compared to sort of say a Tammy. Um, and whereas uh, Tammy can only play in one position, he's only going to play as number nine. Jota's got the opportunity, much greater almost opportunity of starts because in that he can play in a lot, lot sort of larger number of positions across across the pitch. So maybe that's why. But um, and, and and I think the way Liverpool play, there's a chance Jota might be more impactful off the bench. I've got no data to back that up really, but it just seems like when Tammy or who almost is almost whoever, regardless of whether it's Tammy Abraham, but when it's Giroud or whoever it is who's coming off the bench for Chelsea in that number nine position. It's kind of just like to shut the game up and they're a bit like isolated up front on their own sort of thing. They don't really get quite the same service as whoever's starting. Yeah, yeah, makes makes sense. Um, we've got a few more honourable mentions then in the top differentials section. Um, uh, let's well, let, let's just run, run through them really quickly. But James Milner is an interesting one, Andy, who got 11 points this, this, this game week. 5.3 million. He is classified as a midfielder despite spending game at right back um only 0.1 percent of fantasy managers own him um he was doing the trent role better than trent 
Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting one, this, isn't it? Because again, st starts. You don't think Milner's coming off the bench probably that often, um, and starts might be the uh, the issue there. But the way Liverpool play, Trent obviously and, and Robertson get a lot of assists from their kind of wing back position and crossing balls into boxes. And although it hasn't been working for Trent very very well this season, Milner playing in that Trent role, like you say, provided two assists in, in assists in these in this game. Albeit, you know, not one of them wasn't necessarily from the from the open play, but you know, from a corner or whatever. But um, still, you know, the fact he's on the pitch in a fullback position, like Robertson and Trent, are the ones who are on corners usually. So, um, yeah, if if there these injuries, I don't know exactly much about the nature of Trent's injury. Um, but if if Milner's going to be playing a bit more, five point three million, um, you know, he's got a decent assist potential there. Um, maybe may an option. But look, even even I think there's a few more question marks probably over his long term, but just it's worth highlighting this week, I think, at least in this section here, where, where we're obviously looking to point towards some of the differentials, that as it stands, yeah, he is the highest scoring um, differential player um, at, at 11 points with such a low ownership. So so worth um, highlighting. Yeah, and then and then three more honourable mentions uh, who also all got nine points. Danny Welbeck uh, took his goal fairly well for Brighton, um, but but missed a few other chances. Um, Aliowski at Leeds looks you know fairly advanced. Looks like he's playing in the left wing back position that that um, you know, Stuart Dallas made made famous. Um, and then and and then Lucas Fabianski uh, at West Ham who uh, who kept a clean sheet and got a few got a few save points. Um, let's do blankety blank then, and uh, we're, there again, there are, there are a few options that we could have gone with this week, uh, but we're going to go with James Rodriguez. Andy, uh, explain why. Well, I feel like I'm doing a lot of explaining here, but um, I, I, th I, so obviously you, I can throw to you in a minute because you are a James owner, whereas I am not, but. Um... Of, he scored two points this week uh, with an ownership of 29%. So not um, as it stands necessarily the highest owning blanker. Um, we'll, we'll go through reasons to the others, you know, in a minute with the honourable mentions. But I think with James is, was it four weeks in a row now, Chris? Um, he's he's not returned. And some of that is down to injury. But uh, nevertheless, if you're a fantasy manager and you own him, whether he's not returning because he's injured or because he's, you know, not playing well, um, that's still you know, something you have to take into account because you could be filling that slot with with a different player, right? Um, in the Salah instance this week, where he's not producing because of injury for one week, you can kind of, you know, grit your teeth and bear that. But when it's now becoming a trend with Hammers of some weeks it's injury, some weeks it's just performances, but ultimately it's four weeks in a row of, of, of not returning. Um, yeah, you, you're starting to kind of question. And I think you know, question whether it's worth keeping him. And, and Chris, I thought, I think you had some thoughts, didn't you, on 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 how he was sort of quite quiet in this game? Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. I mean, <clears throat> when you told me it was four weeks that that, that he hadn't returned in, I was I was a bit surprised to be so honest. And then you check it, and 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 then it's all there. It checks out. And like you say, one of those was was injury, but he just hasn't really. I mean, he didn't look himself in this game. I can't say I've watched uh, enough of Everton's you know last three. Um, to to really comment on him, and I think as with um, as with as with you know the narrative around Everton, when Richarlison doesn't play, they do tend to struggle, and they have had a lot of injuries and suspensions. Um, so so that all contributes. But he did look a little bit quiet against Fulham, um, as did Jeremy Jeremy Mina. Um, or I mean, not that he is ever particularly loud on the pitch, but um, but but he didn't look look himself either and, and you have to wonder if, if, the, if the miles that they travelled over the international break um, going to South America has something to do with that so for that reason I'm willing to give James one more week having said that 
I wouldn't have been considering getting rid of him at all until you told me that he hadn't returned in in, in four games. So, um... well, look, um, can I put it even like this to you then? To put it even even in even sort of stronger terms, well, he's he's um he's received forty five points this season in the FPL so far over nine game weeks. Um, which you know when you look at it like that, um, sort of five points a game week, not not awful. But um, you know, thirty of those points came in two game weeks. So he scored 15 points in the other seven game weeks combined. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe this is a bit unfair because I haven't really looked at the variance of, of points of other of other players. And, and and I guess sometimes that is how, that, how it goes when you're making your decisions on players. You know that they're kind of streaky, but, you know, you weigh up their value and, and how much you think they might return over the course of a season, right? And see if it's worth it. But I think that's quite stark. And particularly that those two game weeks where he did massively haul were game weeks two and four. So, you know, he hasn't got more. So as well as, you know, not returning in the last um, four game weeks, um, you know, it was only an an assist in in the sort of one before that. So that's like what, uh, 12 points in the last five game weeks in, in total. So, yeah, no, is that is that correct? Am I doing no 10? Sorry, apologies. 10, 10, uh, 10 points the last five game weeks. So, yeah, it, I, I think it's starting to become quite a pattern now and I can understand you what you being willing to like give it one more week but there's a lot more down weeks than up ones with him so far yeah there are there are I guess I guess if we were playing a fantasy game where your week-to-week matchup was a problem that perhaps he's not the guy that you'd want but like you say it isn't it isn't like that and and over a season you know he's still um well thus far if you'd have told me he was going to get me or get himself uh 45 points in, in 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 nine games i don't think i'd be too disappointed um but, but but yeah i guess i guess it is one to watch potentially um yeah you know he's in he's in the top 10 um you know point scoring midfielders in, in, in the game um he's among the cheapest of those um you know we definitely would have been at the start of the season before he had the price rise so so yeah i'm not too disappointed but I get, like you say, it's, it's that decision whether whether you have to ride out his blanks um, for potentially the double-digit hauls, where you know the guy that we were just talking about, Tammy Abraham, um, isn't blanking often, but isn't going to get double. It doesn't look like he's he's really primed for double-digit hauls either. So, so yeah, it's a it's a bit of, bit of a tricky one. Um, I'm definitely willing to give him the benefit of the doubt this week because of because of uh, you know him 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 going to South America on the international break. Um, got a few more then. Honourable mentions. Um, we've already spoken about Jack Grealish, but he was one of them. Just one point uh, for his 41% ownership. Um, and then two more very quickly. Another guy that we've mentioned before in this segment, um, Emmy Martinez at Villa again, as we've said. Uh, Villa tending to, to, to you know, play worse and concede more goals against, uh, against the lesser sides, not rewarding his 28% ownership. And then Paddy Bamford, um, a guy that, again, that we've spoken about endlessly on on, on this podcast because we're not all that convinced by him. And I'm not going to start saying that uh, his his blank this week is is indicative of 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 you know, him starting to regress back to the Bamford of old. Um, but it will be interesting to, to to see what happens with him going forward. I mean, from what I saw of the Leeds game, he did look fairly fairly lively and a bit dangerous. So so yeah, but I think that's always going to be the case with him. It's, it's whether he finds the back of the net or not. Yeah, absolutely. So, so much for Svelte here. Hey, that's not that's not a dig at you. That's a dig at me as well. But 
Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to we'll have to run through the final sections. We are we are overrunning as we always do. Um, I say I, I say try and try and wrap this up. I mean, we have to review our swimming against the tide, and and this was a, a a Mo Salah versus versus Bruno Fernandez. People getting off the Salah train and bringing in Bruno. Um, you know, yeah, Andy was texting me about this uh, quite quite you know just forcefully over the weekend, saying that he wanted to defend defend this section and you know i think it's i think it's fairly reasonable so uh so andy uh i'll let you i'll let you take this one away yeah well um i sort of i knew almost as soon as uh, as soon as i tweeted about um about bruno um that he would then go and throw it back in my face uh we, we were sort of making the point that we'd we'd suspected United were going to struggle against West Brom. It's absolute classic Man United recently um, to to struggle against the sort of weaker teams, particularly at home. And um, yeah, and then obviously they went and, and Bruno got, ended up with 11 points. But look, I think when we've got the swimming against the tides right, we've um, we've kind of not bigged ourselves up too much. We've kind of say, look, these things come and go. And it's, you've got to look more so at your decision-making you know, rather than the outcome once you've seen what's happened. And really, the performance in that United game just makes me feel more confident that our decision-making was right. Yeah, United got a pretty lucky penalty um, from like, uh, you know, a, a, a weird sort of um, handball thing that we're seeing a lot of this season and then they had to retake it as well which was what which was rightly re-given re but still ultimately just ma ma makes a point here that, that if, if United are having to resort to that to get the goal then you know like I say I think our decision making there was 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 perfectly bang on and it's just kind of one of those things that that goal from a retaken penalty has essentially earned Bruno eight points because it's given him the five for the goal plus the the three bonus ones so um yeah I even with those 11 points, though, um, I think our not just our decision making, but potentially even the outcome is 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 arguably in some ways beneficial for us because the um, Salah now is almost confirmed that he will only miss that one game week. He he's likely to be involved for Liverpool in the next game week. So um, if you if you'd done it to get Salah out of your team. Then you'd be you potentially looking at hits and things to have to get him back in now, so you can take minus four off that return straight away. And it's it that it was kind of that you know combined point that we were making about um, both the Salah out and Bruno in transfers we were seeing. Yeah, I think I think you know it's it's hard to it's hard to um, look into exactly what 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 you might have done otherwise. And and you know this is slightly revisionist history. But even if you didn't have you don't have to make a hit to get Salah back in. Um, you know, what else could you have done with those two transfers in uh, over two game weeks that, that you know might also have got you uh, 11 points? Also, you know, if, if, if Salah comes in um, this week and scores uh, scores more than 11 points, then then you know that, that change. You know, what else could you have done? Things like that. So I, 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 I think our I think our reasoning was was, was perfectly um, legitimate. And and yeah, you know, we did say that if Bruno comes up and scores a pen, then then fine. But I think. You know, last year when when Bruno Fernandez was was dominating games, it wasn't just his penalties; it was his assists and his goals from outside the box. And as as you said, from Man United's performances, they're they're not that apparent um, this year. To be to be fair, so so yeah. Um, and considering his price this year compared to last year, um, I'm not sure if 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 I'm going to be getting on the Bruno train anytime soon. Um, we've got a few other just a bit of housekeeping, let's call it some of our other swimming against the tides um that we've done that have been a bit more long term 
And we did speak a few weeks ago about Lucas Dean, um, you know, all of his transfers out. He ends up only missing a game and got two attacking returns uh, this this weekend. Obviously, Everton defensively don't look wonderful, so so those clean sheets might not be coming for him. But I think in the end, Andy, we you know we would have stuck with him, um, and we would have, we're fairly justified in in the reasons why. Yeah, I think I think the point we were making there was obviously it was just that was we knew just one game week, so kind of yeah. Again, you're th- you're throwing away perhaps a, a transfer there, and and look, yeah, maybe now where we've got a bit more data, we can actually see that some of those decisions to get rid of him might not have been the worst in the sense of clean sheets because Everton just don't look against any opponent. You know, obviously they let in two and had a penalty missed against them against even against Fulham. So um, yeah, I think I think Everton can definitely be scored against. Um, uh, but he did get the attacking returns, and um, look, you know, with Richarlison back in the team, he just looks like so much more of a threat. So that that one's looking good there. Yeah, and and then, and then with Dominic Calvert-Lewin, I, th- I think we were basically saying, um, you know, don't get him in just yet because he's got good fixtures coming up, and and you know, I think he was the most transferred in or in in the, in the top five for for most transferred in one week. But but we knew that, that Everton had injuries, and as soon as they got back, they had. Um, they had some good fixtures and, and, and yeah, DCL had a fairly quiet three weeks, although he did, I think he did get, get some returns, um, but then come back with, 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 with 20, I think it was 20 points. Oh, no, I captained him. So that's why I got more. Uh, we'll come back with 13 points, I think this week. So, so yeah, yeah nice double digit haul uh, for DCL. Um, let's round things off then and just quickly talk about captaincy. We have spoken about, about, uh, I think three of these players already. DCL, obviously, with with, with two goals against Fulham. Um, Bruno with a penalty against West Brom. Um, and then Jamie Vardy didn't return. Um, two more. Mane, again, no return from him. But he wasn't really top of our thinking for captaincy, Andy. No, not really. And it was, uh, yeah, it's one of those where it depends who you had in your team, didn't it? But we were kind of suggesting that depending on who else you've got, there might be better options than than Mane. But but if if you didn't have DCL or Vardy or Bruno, then I can completely understand why you might have gone for Mane because, you know, Liverpool attacking asset. And then, and then we we did mention Timo Werner versus versus Newcastle. Uh, he did return um, with with an assist, I think, but um, didn't look particularly convincing in front of goal. Um, and and as a Werner owner, he is get, becoming increasingly frustrating. But I think the you know the, the stats kind of um, go against that. I, I think he might just be one of them players that gives the impression that he's not always doing that well. Um, but in terms of the points he's got over the last few weeks, he, he he isn't that bad at all compared to you know even the Harry Kane's of this world. Yeah, there was there was a stat that over the last five game weeks he's only got three points less than than Harry Kane, who's obviously had quite a few. I think it's thirty-seven versus forty. So yeah, he's um he he he's not cheap himself either. Werner, he's like nine point five million now. So you want to you want to be getting those types of returns when you're investing that money in someone. But I think yeah, you're you're just a um. You know, doing that thing where you remember the the bad, don't you? More so, more so than the good. And he has had some decent hauls, um, although he had a bit of a run. I think three or four game weeks, didn't he? Where he sort of, where he sort of blanked. But at least it was an assist. That's better than better than nothing at all. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it just seems like he scores more goals for Germany on Sasha break than he does for Chelsea. But but yeah, maybe that's all perceptions. Um, let's look ahead then to game week ten, Champions League uh, and and Europa League again this week. Um, but there do seem to be a fair few injuries, Andy, and people returning from 
coronavirus and uh, and 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 international knocks they might have picked up on the international break. Um, so you know, without rehashing what we always say, which is you know, ha- have a look out for for the lineups and think about um, you know, think about the press conferences. Um, there does seem to be a few more players really this week to to perhaps keep a bit of a midweek eye on. Yeah, it's a tricky one, really, because I remember when we were doing these sections, the kind of just quick look ahead type thing. In when we were practicing last season, we were there was so much more we could say, and there was it was a lot more different um, week to week. But the, with the sort of structure of this season, every midweek almost is it is is Champions League, so it is that same point. Albeit, like you say, there's a few different. We've say you've got Salah maybe coming back from COVID. Um, what what type of lineup are Liverpool Liverpool going to look to put out more generally? Given you know that they're trying to balance things with quite a depleted squad. Uh, Pulisic, there's chat about him eventually, but I mean he's always on and off every single week. So, but you know, one to keep an eye out for, and that whole Reese James as Pilaqueta thing that we mentioned almost most weeks as well. As has not played for a long, long time now, which is, I think is surprising. Although Reese James has been playing well, so I can completely understand it. But with with uh, Aspilicueta being club captain, surely he's going to going to get everyone out sometime soon. So I wonder how that impacts things. Yeah, yeah, I think I think I think there's plenty to watch. I think um, yeah, no, I think from an FPL point of view, this could be one of the more intriguing uh, Champions League um, or European sort of mid midweek fixture lists. So so yeah, plenty to look out for. Um, in the meantime. Uh, do let us know how you got on this weekend. Let us know what you're looking uh, looking forward to in game week 10. Uh, and let us know if you've got any questions for us. As ever, we are on Twitter and Instagram at FPL underscore lounge. Do not forget that pesky underscore. Um, and you can always rate, uh, subscribe, uh, leave us a comment wherever you get your podcast from. We we will endeavour to reply to them all, or at least I'll I'll make Andy do it because because you know he 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 loves engaging. He was engaging uh, lots lots on Twitter over the weekend, um, and he definitely definitely hadn't had a glass of uh, a glass of red wine. Um, other than that, Andy, uh, good to speak to you as as always. Um, but beyond that, I guess until Friday. Thanks for joining us in the FPL Lounge.